Is money the only thing that's holding you back on closing your first deal? If so, I'm going to show you two key concepts and how understanding them may be all you need to get going on your financial freedom journey. Hey, Freedom Fighters, welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, the only place where military members, veterans, and their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing. I'm your host, Mike Foster, and I'm here to show you how to stop wasting your benefits. Now get off your ass, step up to the firing line, and make ready for today's lesson. Shooter, stand by. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. I'm excited to talk to you guys today about private money, right? I want to peel back this onion on what it is and how you can really understand it and use it to leverage getting yourself going on your first deal if, if money is the only thing that's holding you back, right? Uh, it's something that some of the most advanced investors use in their toolbox and once you really understand it, you can definitely get going at a rapid rate, okay? But first, you got to understand some of the principles that goes into private money. And once you understand them, you can really see what's going to work best for you and how you can move forward with it, okay? So I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about debt financing versus equity financing, all right, because that's really when it comes down to you borrowing money from anything, whether it's a bank, whether it's a person, right, uh, one of those like lending sites, all that stuff, right? It comes down to two core principles and that debt financing and equity financing, okay? So let's talk about debt financing first, all right? So someone that goes through this route, um, a person or an entity, right, they're going to give you a loan and structure a payment plan with you based on a percentage of interest um, over the time that's negotiated, right? So, for instance, uh, if you're going to a bank and you ask them for a loan of any sort, they're going to say, all right, we'll give you this money. Uh, well, of course, once you're approved, but they're going to say, we'll give you this money at this percentage of interest and you're required to pay it back over this amount of time. And typically, when it's a personal loan, they'll give you you know simple interest. And I'm going to go into the different types of loans that you'll experience. But with a bank, they'll give it to you in simple interest, and you'll just be charged a percentage of what you owe um, left, right? But that's just for that. If it's a mortgage, typically you'll fall into that amortized category, Um you know, although they have a bunch of different types of mortgages out there, and you really need to understand the types of payment plans that you're going to see, okay? And if the same thing when you're talking to a person, although when you're talking to a person, you typically want to be the one that is negotiating the terms, as in, or presenting the terms, rather. Um, if you're dealing with a private lender, or a private money lender, uh, or a hard money lender, they will typically have their own terms that they use, and there's very little wiggle room ever uh, with that, unless you have a pre-existing relationship with that person. 
So understand that there may be certain things, you know, certain hurdles you have to get over if you're dealing with hard money. Um, but the, again, it can still be a very, very strong tool as long as you understand what you're going, uh, what you're going with, and that the numbers, of course, make sense. All right, you definitely want to do your homework on what you're being offered and how it's going to work for you. But if you're going to be the one that's doing the offering, um, you got to understand some of the different things that are out there. Okay, so let's talk about some of these types of debt financing. Amortized. Okay, amortized is an amortized payment, a fixed payment over a, a negotiated amount of time. And the principal and the interest that you owe um, varies over that time, right? But, but the payment itself is fixed. And the most typical place that you'll see this is in a mortgage, right? In your everyday um, you know, house that you buy from either Wells Fargo, Navy Federal, right, uh, USAA, um, those type of banks, right? They'll structure an amortized payment. So if you owe $1,000 a month, your principal may only be a hundred that month, and your interest may be nine hundred. Let's say if you're just starting out, and then if you're, you know, at the point where you're finishing the loan, your interest may be a hundred, and your principal may be nine hundred dollars. You know, I mean, it it varies over the life of the loan, but typically upfront, the entity that you're borrowing from wants their money back, or wants the money that they're going to make from you. Uh, up front. So they want to make as much as they can from you. So they'll charge you more in interest, you know, over that time. Okay. Uh, the next is simple interest. And simple interest you'll see with credit cards, you'll see with personal loans from banks. Um, but typically, it's just the payment that you make each month varies depending on uh, how much you owe and how much interest you're being charged. So if you have a 10% you know, um, interest payment on you know, maybe $5,000 that you borrowed, your monthly payment may be pretty small, right? Maybe $50 um, for that month. And then, you know, if you pay off more of that principal, so let's say now you only owe 4000 right? And then your payment might be $40, right? This is an example. It's probably, I'm not great with my numbers. So, um, you know, off the top of my head, I was not a math major. So don't quote me on those payments, but, but you see what I mean? Like it's, the payments are smaller and they're, and they vary depending on how much that you owe. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, cool. So balloon, uh, sorry, balloon, Okay, balloon is another type of, uh, of payment that you might see, and that is typically interest only, okay? Now, this is something that you can really use to have low payments up front, but understand as a balloon, right? I mean, it's, you, think of, you think of the balloon, right, so, um, is starting from the string, and all along that string, it's very, very small. And then you get to the end of the balloon, and it's this giant little, you know, piece of plastic. Well, that's exactly how this loan works. So along the life of the loan, right, the, the time that you've negotiated, you're paying these small interest-only payments. So the person is making money from you every single month, but at the end of the term, they expect you to pay the giant lump sum in principle back in full. So, for instance, if you've got a hundred thousand dollar loan, you're maybe making two hundred dollar a month payments 
on whatever the interest that you've been charged every single month. And then at the end of two years, three years, however many years that you negotiated, they expect you to give them $100,000 back in full. Okay, and that's how those those loans work. It can be a little bit scary, but they can also be very... um, very uh, helpful, I guess, right? If you're calculating right, if you're smart, if you're diligent and you're disciplined, okay? You have to be disciplined when you're going to use one of these types of loans because you don't want to put yourself in a situation that you can't get out of, okay? So keep that in mind. All right, variable, okay? Variable is where interest is set for a period and shifts on an agreed set of terms and conditions, all right? A lot of times you'll see these variable interest rates in stuff like HELOCs, right? Home equity line of credit. Um, you'll also see them with uh, those arms, right? If you ever see those uh, mailing letters that you get from banks that are trying to, uh, oh, anyone who's bought a house, right? We'll see these mailing letters that they get from, from these banks that are trying to get them to refinance their loan, trying to get them to do, you know, something that's going to require them to pay less upfront because the interest is low upfront. But after maybe two or three or four years, the interest will shift, right? So you see those like two to one arms or those three to one or five to one, whatever, right? Um, Adjustable rate mortgages. That's what arm means. And so adjustable or variable in in this sense um, means that the interest is going to shift on you at that agreed um, time, okay? But also keep in mind that, you know, when it comes to things like a HELOC, um, or other types of loans like that, you know, there may be another set of conditions that might trigger uh, the adjustment in the rate as well. It might not just be time, it may be a certain condition. Uh, for instance, let's say in the market conditions, the bank decides that they want to shift your interest, they may, okay? So you, as an individual looking for private financing, you can use a loan like this to maybe help you out and say, okay, uh, you know, private money lender or say Uncle Bob, right? Uncle Bob, uh, if you're willing to lend me $100,000, I'll pay you 5% interest for the first year. And if I don't pay your money back within the first year, it'll jump to six or seven or eight, whatever, right? Whatever you guys want to negotiate. But you can do that. And you can use that to, um, to leverage getting yourself, you know, a, a good chunk of change and still provide a good return that's enticeable for someone else to um, to lend to you. And variable mortgages too, right, kind of give you a little bit of a pucker factor and, a, and some motivation in getting that thing paid off because you don't want to pay too much for what it is you're borrowing, right? And that kind of it kind of shows that you you're putting some thought into paying it back early too. Okay. So, so that's pretty much debt in a nutshell, right? Again, like I said, uh, debt financing, you borrow the money and you pay it back over a uh, agreed or negotiated amount of time over whatever percent interest that you're, that you're charging, okay? Equity uh, gets into a little bit more of the partnership realm, okay? So when someone is lending to you um, as an equity finance, they're essentially agreeing to go into this investment with you for the long term, all right? Because they're financing, they're going to share either the profit or the performance of this asset. So if, so for instance, if you get $100,000 
from you know Uncle Bob again. We'll just use him for example, right? Uh, if you have an Uncle Bob out there, hopefully he's willing to lend to you. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so let's say Uncle Bob's willing to lend to you a hundred thousand dollars and wants to take a fifty percent equity split with you on the investment. That means that at the point that you sell, right, he is tied into fifty percent of that profit. All right, so he will take fifty percent of the profit on top of his money back. Right. I mean, he's got to make his money, too. Um, But, you know, again, if the property goes south and maybe you guys don't get that much, too, that's a risk that he has to take. Right. So let's say if or let's say rather things go south and you lose the investment. Well, he's going to take a hit on the money that he spent. And that's where that risk kind of comes into play because it's more of a partnership. He's going with you based on the performance of that property. Now, um, you can also uh, do profit sharing You know, when it comes to equity, because let's say if he's going in for 50% of the equity and he also wants 50% of the cash flow each month or you know whatever, um, then you may have to do that as well. And you can use that to kind of, you know, you can use that to kind of negotiate those types of deals because now again, you're not constrained to having another hard expense like paying back a loan might be. You might open up a little more cash flow if you're sharing some of the profits or if you're just doing the straight equity finance and you cash them out in the back end, right? So uh, keep in mind these are just some of the things that you, know, that, you can, that you can do to help your situation out. Um, now payment plans, we'll talk about some of those, right? Payment plans, you can pay back really however you want. Um, some of the more common are monthly, quarterly, and annually monthly, of course, being monthly quarterly being every three months, right? So if you don't know, uh, what quarters are typically the fiscal year, right? Or the calendar year, however you want to split it, um, is broken up into, you know, uh, three months and four quarters, uh, for you know, three of those months being in each quarter. Okay, so for instance, if you're talking fiscal years, it's October, September, November, right? It's quarter one. You got December, January, February. It's quarter two, right? March, April, May, quarter three, and then so on and so forth. Okay, so um, and that's kind of how you break that up. Now, um, again, you can you can pay them however you want within that time frame, however you negotiate, but just make sure that you're consistent, right? That That is definitely something that you need to, again, make sure you're disciplined with your payment plans because you want the person to trust you. You want them to feel like you know what you're doing and, <laughs> and you build that trust and rapport along with that person, okay? Um, so, that that's that's a way that you can really or these are some ways that you can really get going um and also of course you can do what's called a hybrid and you can incorporate a bunch of these deals together um so let's go over an example because i do believe that examples kind of help paint the picture a little bit and i'm going to go over an example of each all right just so you can kind of understand um how it'll work so debt financing let's say if i wanted to borrow um, $100,000. We're going to keep, you know, things completely bare bones and simple, um, just so you understand it. Okay. But I'm going to borrow $100,000. Um, and I'm going to borrow it, let's say over 10 years, and I'm going to borrow it at 5%. All right. 
Um, I'm going to put 10% down, right? Sometimes you may be faced with a down payment that you might have to uh, have to put out to either a person. If it's a bank, you definitely are going to have to put down some kind of money. So keep that in mind. Um, but let's say, for instance, I'm going to borrow $100,000. I'm going to put a 10% down payment on. That's $10,000, right? 10% of $100,000, $10,000, which means that my principal is That's how much I'm actually borrowing from that person. And I'm going to pay them 5% interest over the course of 10 years. Okay, So if I were going to do an amortized payment, my monthly payments with both principal and interest would be $954 and about 60 cents. Now, It's so much easier for you to do these types of calculations if you have what's called a mortgage calculator. And you can find these things all over. If you type in mortgage calculator on Google, I think Google actually has something set up uh, on their website. You know, so when you type that in, it's automatic. It'll just come up like a little uh, calculator. You can type in uh, some of the conditions and you can get uh, all the information that you need from just right from the main page there, okay? But if not, if you want to, you know, download an app, there's apps out there for it. Um, You can also find uh, on Zillow. Zillow's got a mortgage calculator that you can use. Um, Honestly, it's a a formula, so it doesn't matter really what you use. Just make sure that it's right. (laughs) So, okay, but yeah, so that's what you'll face in amortized payments. Let's say if you're going to do something like a balloon, right? If you're going to do a balloon loan, um, you can honestly, you can calculate this yourself and I'm going to, I'm going to show you how to do it too. All right. So if you're going to do a balloon loan, you're going to borrow $100,000. Let's say you were going to put a 10% down payment on it again. Right. Um, and your balance is 90,000. Right. So you're going to type in $90,000 in your calculator. If you want to grab your calculator out now, you can. Okay. But $90,000 in your calculator, you're going to multiply that by the interest rate that you're going to be charged, okay? So let's say, again, in this example, 5% interest, you're gonna multiply 90,000 by 0.05, right? Because that's 5% interest, all right? You're going to get 4,500. Now you're gonna multiply that by the amount of years it's going to take uh, for you to pay that loan, okay? For this example, it's 10 years. So we're going to multiply by 10, all right? That gives us 45,000. All right, so this right here is the amount of interest you're going to pay over the life of this loan, okay? But now what you're going to do is you're going to divide this by the amount of months that you're going to be making this payment. Now, we're going to assume that the payment is monthly in this case. If you are doing a quarterly payment, then you would do how many quarters that you're going to pay. If you're going to do an annual payment, then you divide by the amount of years, again, which would ironically take you back to 4,500 each year, okay? But in this case, right, we're going to find out how how much we're going to pay monthly. We're going to assume a monthly payment here, okay? How much we're going to pay monthly um, to, to meet this total, all right? So we're going to divide by 120 because 10 times 12, right, 12 months in a year, over 10 years, right, 120 months, we're going to divide the 45,000 by 120. And that's going to give us 375 even. Okay. So now we figured out our monthly payments. So if we were going to structure a $100,000 
balloon loan at 5%, right, for 10 years. This is the monthly payment that we would assess, assuming that we're giving them a 10% uh, 10 down payment, okay? So really, your loan is $90,000 because we're putting $10,000 down for this $100,000 purchase, okay? So a $90,000 balloon loan at 5% interest for 10 years, all right? We're going to pay $375 a month. And at the end of the loan, at the end of the 10 years, we're required to give back the $100,000, okay? So that's how, that's how something like that can really help you, you know, because the monthly payment is so low, you're able to cash flow a little bit more and you can use that cash flow to maybe, you know, buy other properties and build up some more cash flow or, you know, maybe you can use that to you know, pay off more debt, whatever, whatever it is, right? You can, uh, you can pay off the loan early if you decide. Really, it's up to you um, how you want to, how you want to uh, operate that extra income that you're going to get. But again, keep in mind that that giant lump sum is still due at the end of the term, whatever you guys negotiate, okay? All right, now let's talk about, uh, I already talked about equity, uh, a variable before. Let's talk about equity a little bit. So let's say you're going to do the same for an equity finance and you're going to purchase a property. Um, let's say the property is worth, I don't know, let's say it's worth $50,000 in its current condition, Okay, and you're going to borrow, we'll use Uncle Bob again, all right, you're going to borrow $100,000 from Uncle Bob. Uh, now, your idea behind this is maybe more of a flip or possibly a refinance and a hold. And I'm going to talk about both instances. Okay, so let's say you're going to buy in terms of a flip. Uh, you're going to put in, you know, $50,000 to purchase the property, maybe less if you can negotiate a little bit, uh, a little bit more. It's great. Um, and then whatever is remaining, you're going to put that in rehab costs. Now, you know, based on the market and based on your research in that market, that the after repair value of the home you're going to buy is somewhere around maybe 125000 or maybe even 150000 if you can find a good deal. But you need the money to get going. So you don't want to just get the money for you know, buying the house. You want to get the money for the repairs as well. So let's say in this instance, you borrow $100,000 from Uncle Bob and you tell him, hey, Uncle Bob, I'm not going to give you a down payment for this, but I'm going to borrow you. I'm going to borrow $100,000 from you. This is what I'm going to buy. This is what I'm going to spend. And this is how much I am anticipating and getting in return. Uncle Bob says, that's great. I'm going to go with you on this deal. Let's do it. He gives you the money. You buy the house. You make the repairs. And let's say you spend all of it, okay? So you spend $100,000 on the repairs. Now your market, now your, now your property is either on the market, all right? And you're, this is a flip, okay? So you're going to sell it. And the property, let's say, sells for $125,000. Great, right? Now you've just received $125,000 from, you know, the sell from the buyer, okay? Now let's assume, right? Cuz obviously we know you're going to, you know, take a, a hit in taxes, you're going to take a hit in closing costs, all that jazz. But let's assume in this example, maybe it sold for a little bit more than 125, but you got $125,000 back. That's what came to your account. All right? 
you're going to pay Uncle Bob $100,000 that he gave to you back, right? And you're also going to pay Uncle Bob however much equity that you agreed upon on this deal, okay? So in this example, right, let's say that you got back, again, $125,000. You give Uncle Bob back his $100,000. Now you've got $25,000 left. If you and Uncle Bob agreed that uh, you are going to split this deal 50-50, you're also going to give Uncle Bob 12500 back, right? Because that's half of the 25000 So now your profit at the end of the day is 12500 Now, this is still great. Why? Because you just got $12,500 from closing this deal that you spent no money on. Right? You didn't spend any of your money on it. You spent Uncle Bob's money. right? But Uncle Bob got his money back and he got some money in interest. So he's going to feel great and you're going to feel great because now you have the confidence that you can do something like this again. right? And this is kind of how doing transactions without your own money works. Okay, But again, you want to make sure that <laughs> you are educated and you have a good team in place because there's a lot of things that can go wrong with flipping. I am not saying that this is the easiest thing in the world to do, okay? Keep that in mind. But it is possible, right? There are people that are out there that do this. And, you know, we actually had a flipper on the podcast too. So you might want to reach out to him, right? But, you know, there are people that are out there. So get educated, okay? Expand your network and then take some action. But we don't recommend just jumping into this for your first time. All right. I'm stressing that. Okay. Anyway. All right. Let's talk about a situation for a buy and hold. Okay. Let's say you don't want to flip this property. Let's say you know that the rent in the area is great and you want to um, find a tenant so that you can build an asset for long term. Okay. So you can do the same thing. You can go to Uncle Bob, you can get the 100000 and you can you know, make the repairs that you need, and you know that the after-repair value for this home is more than $100,000. Let's say in this instance, you found a great deal, and you know that the value for this home is $150,000. Hey, great. And you decide you want to keep it, but you want to give Uncle Bob his money back and a little bit more for his, his uh, time, right, for interest. Um, and his help. So you go to the bank and you find yourself a loan that you can refinance through the bank and the bank is now going to collect on the equity of your home and they're going to give you that equity in cash back. So you're going to do what's called a cash out refinance. Okay. And a cash out refinance is something you can use from the bank to get the money that's invested into your home, acquire a loan, maybe at a fixed amount through the bank, and they will give you that money in cash, right? So essentially, they're giving you a loan for this money. They're taking your property, they're going to give you money in cash, and you're going to pay them that money back over time. Now, that money you can take and you can give to Uncle Bob, maybe a little bit more, right? Some interest that ever you guys negotiated or equity back, whatever you guys negotiated, and now you have your loan through the bank instead of Uncle Bob. Now, Uncle Bob is happy because he got his money back and he got a little bit more money for his help. You're happy because you got a deal through and now you have a long-term loan structured through the bank at maybe a lower interest rate, which is great. 
And maybe you also got a little bit extra cash from that deal too. Maybe you got you know an extra $5,000 or $10,000 that now you can use to go and buy another property. And you have a tenant in the property that is paying the, the mortgage in the bank for you. So you're not paying that loan. The tenant is paying that loan. And maybe you're making back a little bit of extra money each month because the difference between the loan and the expenses is positive. And you're collecting on that positive cash flow every single month. Okay, so this is just some of the tools that you can have in your toolbox to really get going, guys. And I want to stress the importance that you do not need your own money to make money in real estate. You need to learn how to leverage other people's money. If it's the bank's money, if it's a person's money, okay? I mean, yes, this is all some kind of debt, right? So if you are... Uh, you know, of the Dave Ramsey mindset, and you'd never want to have debt in your life, then this strategy may not work for you. And that's completely okay. There's nothing wrong with saving up your own money to go and buy properties. What's not okay is, you know, thinking that that's the only way that you can do it, because it's not. And if you've ever done a deal like this, you understand how powerful this tool is because this can get you going in a very, very rapid way. And you're leveraging debt to be used for good, right? If you're of that Robert Kiyosaki mindset where you're anti-bad debt, but you're pro-good debt, you can get going and you can get going really quickly, okay? So I want to encourage all of you out there who are of that later mindset that maybe might use these strategies in the future, get educated, expand your network, and take action because that's the only way that you're truly going to learn how to go out and do this. But we stress the importance of the other two, getting educated and expanding your network because that is going to mitigate the amount of risk that you're going to have when going out and taking on some of these uh, types of, uh, of of loans, okay? So again, we encourage you guys to go out there, friends, family, right? Whoever it is that you want to ask, whoever it is that you want to get involved with, you can totally do it. Private lenders, uh, there are folks out there, you know, even people in our network, in our community, go to Facebook, see if there's someone that's in your area that you want to partner with. You know, I think that's really the awesomeness of real estate. It can be a team sport. It really can be, guys. And it's so cool because, you know, the more people that you can connect with that have the same vision that you have, you know, that's where you really start to make some lasting friendships. And everyone knows, right, business is business. But getting involved with people who are like-minded, it makes more sense because they know that things are not perfect. So there's going to be some, you know, some ebbs and flows along that journey. But if they're willing to take that journey with you, that is the person that you want to go to. You don't want to go to the person that is just hearing this for the first time. Maybe they trust you, but they don't necessarily trust what you're doing. And they want to give you the money. But if things go bad, they're going to hate you for it. And they're going to isolate you. Do not go to that person. But at the same time, don't treat other people's money 
as something you can just throw away on an investment just because you're learning and, you know, whatever, right? You want to treat every loan the exact same. If it's a bank's money, if it's your friend's money, if it's your family's money, you want to do everything you can to do right by that person that's giving you money. But, but, right, understand that there are going to be, you know, mistakes that might be made. So just communicate about that. Right? And you want to communicate these things and any issues you're having early. Okay, You want to make sure everyone's on the same page because you don't want, like I said, you don't want to get involved with someone that is really only wants to see this thing go one way. Right, Not only wants to see it go one way, but, but you know what I mean. Right, They're going to completely shun and abandon you if things go the other way because nothing's perfect in real estate. But again, like I said, the more education you have, the more confident you'll feel. The better your network you'll have, uh, that that you have, the more, uh, even more confident you'll feel, but also the more support you'll have in case things start going wrong or the more eyes you'll have at seeing things before they go bad, okay? So keep, keep that in mind. And then the more action you take, obviously, the better you get at this thing, the more experience you get, and the more banks will feel comfortable lending money to you too because they love talking to experienced investors, especially when it comes to borrowing money, because they know that this person is a better and safer bet than someone that's just getting started. Okay. All right. That's all I've got. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you for all that you guys are doing out there. Make sure you're getting educated, you're building your network and your team right now, because it's 2019, guys. It's the beginning. And now is the time to take action. There's a lot of craziness going on in the market, so there's some good deals out there, and there's some ones that you want to avoid. But in order to make sure you know the difference, make sure you tap into our community, www.activedutypassiveincome.com. We've got a whole course designed for you to understand what it is you're looking at, so you know what are good deals and what are bad deals. And make sure you're connecting with our community because... Those are the people that are doing what you're doing but are in your area. And you might be able to find a teammate there that can help you along your way, okay? So make sure that you're getting connected. Love you guys. Stay safe out there. Keep doing what you're doing. 2019, let's hit it hard. Bye. Bye.